Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. So would you say that that's kind of like the lightning bolt moment for you? And that's what I taught myself how to draw, was actually the Little Mermaid, drawing stills of Ariel. I've got better things to do tonight than die. jumped out of his chair and said, who the F is this? I remember walking out of the theater and saying, I'm going to write Halloween I'm rather impressed with your research. Rarely do people ask me about children in the corner. It doesn't have to be perfect, just do it. You know, throw some spaghetti against the wall. This is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys, part of the Once Upon a Podcast Network. This is George Soroy, and thank you so much for being here, and thank you so much for tuning in for this entire 30-day run called Reaching for Greater Glory. And yeah, I'm still reaching for that greater glory. I have uh, been able to accomplish little more than 20% of the actual 50,000 word count. And I got a ways to go. I got some catching up to do. And while I know that I can definitely make a dent in this, make a considerable dent, um, I'm not sure if I'm going to make that, uh, make this deadline. And the outlook is looking just in terms of that kind of bleak. Uh, which is why I'm really glad that I still have this challenge, the National Podcast Post Month Challenge. To, for me to really keep up on and to get myself across the finish line in that race. Um, it may not be both races, but it'll at least be one. I am, you know, uh, really set on at least achieving this goal to have 30 additional episodes of Excelsior Journeys for the month of November. And I'm really, really proud of that. And it just so happens that the card for the No Plot, No Problem novel writing kit for day 22 that Chris Beatty put together. Uh, it just so happens to be called the Gold Mine of Failure. Now, I am not saying that I am going to be a failure at this particular challenge. Um, when you get behind on things, it's very easy to kind of feel like a failure. But at the same time, if you just consider yourself a failure and then give up, then yeah. Then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. But if you use whatever failure at, that you experience as a learning tool, as a means of, of, of you pushing further, then it becomes something even better. It becomes something that I believe Kevin Smith labeled success training. Um, and that's something that you got to hold on to when you experience these kinds of setbacks. I was all set on moving forward and getting everything all set. And at the same time, I was also having to deal with a lot of work issues and having to deal with, with vacation and, you know, much needed vacation, but a vacation, you know, vacation nonetheless, but while I was all set on using a lot of time that I had during vacation, during you know, a little bit of downtime to get my writing done, instead, my time went towards studying for the exam that I would wind up taking the, the week after I got back and would eventually pass. So at least that that right there was a big success. So I'm not going to 
uh, consider myself a failure and really kind of beat up on myself and everything. I've done that plenty of times before. And really, it just gets you nowhere. And for those of you who are curious to know, like my thoughts on that, there is a very early episode of the Excelsior Journeys podcast that's simply called A Call to Action. Please take a listen to that. And I hope that you're able to take that and push forward through your own setbacks. And whether you, whether or not you want to call them failures or whatever the case, I, it's up to you. But I just hope that you use whatever is setting you back as a means of pushing yourself forward. So this is what, uh, what Chris Beatty wrote for the gold mine of failure. One of the most useful office products in the world, the post-it note, began as a total failure. A scientist at 3M was trying to brew up a batch of a super strong adhesive. One particularly miserable attempt produced a substance that can barely hold two pieces of paper together. It took four years for the company to see that the weak glue wasn't the problem. The problem was preconceived expectations. As your book starts to become something different from what you'd originally intended, keep 3M's sticky situation in mind. And basically what he's saying is that in a lot of cases, as you are writing your book, you're going to find your characters wanting to take a left when you expected them to go right, when the outline said that they would go right. But instead, they went left. They want to do the scenic route. They want to go around to the spot where you want them to go instead of going straight over there. So keep that in mind and let them take the trip. And I definitely want to share a little bit of something here because we're talking about the gold mine of failure here. Now, over 25 years ago, I had come up with an idea for what would eventually be um, some form of a story and I didn't know exactly what to do with it. I knew that I wanted to take a wanted to take wrestling storylines and their larger than life characters and put them in the real world. And this is around the time originally when I thought of this, before the attitude era began, before the elements of reality really started to creep into the storylines. Um, this was during the time when Wrestling Challenge was on, on Saturday mornings. So that's where my head was. I was thinking about that and really just thinking like, wow, what would be, what would it be like if these sort of larger than life characters, if these, you know, almost cartoonish type of, type of wrestlers were like that in, in the real, in the real world 24 seven. And, there was like a little mixture of, um, of real life type of sports, you know, like films or like, you know, like rollerball and the running man and, um, even something, something as, you know, out there as no holds barred and taking that, those elements in there and then throwing in some, um, throwing in a little bit of network as well and the Manchurian candidate because, the storyline was all about someone who would be turned into a monster through some means and uh, be basically being under the control of someone else. And their job is to tear through the ranks of this particular promotion. And so it was very much like in the style of like a Mortal Kombat video game. And that's how it really started. It was just like, this would be a really fun video game where 
the main character tears through one whole roster and beats the champion and wins the title and hands the title off to the guy who's controlling him and is about to kill the champion when he looks out in the stands and he sees his wife and that triggers the uh, the memories that he's had locked away and he starts to turn on the guys who were controlling him and now all of a sudden he's got to go all the way back down to the bottom of the roster and work his way all the way back up and that was that was the plan and so um so that became something that I wrote as a video game concept in 1998. I was sitting on it for a few years and I didn't know what to do with it. Then I decided, let's see how it is as a treatment for a script. And then I wrote that. Let's see how it is as a, as a screenplay. And then I wrote like about 10 drafts over the next several years. And I even brought it to a small film and video festival in New York. Um, the, uh, the New York International Independent Film and Video Festival. And they went ahead and just like created a, a specific category of best futuristic drama, just so that way they can give me some sort of award. And I basically just had my scripts there as like a little showcase. And different people would come over and they would give me business cards and everything and nothing really happened. So I considered that you know, like a noble failure, but it was still like nothing really came about it. Then I decided a different approach. Let's see how it is as a novel. And then I wrote the novel and spent a year working on that. And then it became like this 230 something page book. And I was all set to pitch it to the masses. And I had a connection who was an agent and he read it and he thought, oh, you should just self-publish this. This is too niche of a market. You know, not, not as many people are really going to get this. And so I took an opportunity to do a self-publishing package with it through iUniverse. And this is during the time before the Kindle. So this was, as you can say, a dark time for the rebellion when it came to self-publishing. This is where it really had that stigma of self-publishing is the last option for an author and if you try this, you're immediately killing your own career, and that's how that's how it's always been, and that's how it's going to be. And so I went ahead and took the chance on it, and family and friends bought it, and then it died. And it was really silent for quite a few years. So that version of what would eventually be from Parts Unknown, as it would, would be called, was a failure. And I just, but at the same time, I refused to give up on it. And in 2011, I got the rights back to it. And I read through that original 2002 draft. And I realized that I didn't like it anymore. It, it wasn't a good representation of me anymore. And the technology was so outdated. So it definitely needed an overhaul. So I'm not sure if you saw the... um the 2014 remake of RoboCop, but there's a great scene in there where uh, RoboCop fully realized basically asks the main uh, technician behind his creation to see, to show him what is left of Alex Murphy. And it strips away like everything, all the robotics, all, the whole, you know, everything. So to the point where it's just like, there's his head, his brain and one hand and that's it. And it's a really shocking scene. And it's really powerful. Great scene that was really put together. 
If I was still doing the scene anatomy 101 column at 411 Mania, that's the scene I would have picked without a single hesitation. I definitely would have done that. Um, but that moment is really just like, you know, what I did was I basically just kind of brought that story, broke that story down to its very essence, and then I rebuilt it. And I rebuilt it and rebuilt it and rebuilt it to the point where it was getting to be a much bigger story than than intended to the point where it became somewhat cumbersome to be such a big story. And so I decided I was going to break it apart and make it a five-part miniseries. So that way, the the size of the books would be much more palatable to the reader, especially this particular reader. Because one of the things that uh, that was brought to my attention was that um, a lot of people saying, oh, wrestling fans don't read. But at the same time, you know, wrestling fans made Mick Foley's book a number one bestseller, a number one New York Times bestseller. So, you know, it's it's one of those things, you know, it's it's one of those things that you can just kind of, you know, take and run with. But again, I like the idea of a really fun five part miniseries. I could really have a lot of fun with that make it a five part serial. And so I worked on that for several years and then um, to a point where I knew that th- there was some real potential in it. And I even went ahead and just had it repackaged as one complete five part serial at, in one particular paperback book. And that did I, – I don't even want to say it did well. It didn't really do well because it was still me self-publishing it. And so I let it out there and everything, and it really didn't make its mark. And I was all set to consider it a failure when I said that I just want another crack at it. And thankfully, my agent got me an opportunity in front of the same publisher that that is taking a chance on Excelsior. And they decided to take a chance on From Parts Unknown. And so... For the first time in its existence, From Parts Unknown has a publisher behind it. And because of that, because there is someone else who is looking at this particular story that let me go ahead and pitch it and was intrigued by it and wanted to know more about it and was really excited by the possibilities that this story presents they're going with it. And so I signed the papers for a five book deal with this publisher. So I can never consider from parts unknown a failure. It was a long trip to get to where it is, but I am so proud of it right now. And I'm, and will always be proud of the Excelsior books. I am really excited about the fact that, you know, once Greater Glory is finished, that's a complete trilogy. And that's something that is over 30 years in the making with the character. Um, I get to, I'll get to work on the audio dramatization for, from part, from, uh, Forever Upward and Greater Glory. You know, it's, there's a lot of possibilities going forward with Excelsior. And I'm so excited about that. But, from Parts Unknown is this scrappy little thing that no one – it was the runt of the litter, basically. It was always looked past. It was never embraced by people. 
And these guys are stepping forward and embracing it. And I'm so proud of it. And it makes me a little bit more emotional with this one, just because like it was never supposed to have a shot. But here it is. It's getting a shot. So this is what I need to say to you guys. When you talk about the gold mine of failure, you know, when you talk about how your characters are, are wanting to go one way instead of going another way, if you feel like you're just not going to succeed, if you consider, if you're, if you're ready to give up, if you're ready to consider yourself a failure, keep going. Keep going. And like I said yesterday, do not stop. Do not look back. Just keep going forward. This is a wonderful time in our lives where stories that would have gotten just one shot and then be discarded, get put out of print, be forgotten, they got a shot for immortality. They have a shot for another chance. And, you know, this story from Parts Unknown has gone through many, many iterations and it's about to be presented in a way that that uh, that that's beyond expectation. I am so excited for what's to come. I am so excited for all of the work that you're doing. And I just want all of you to feel that same sort of feeling of success that I have. And I am just so proud of you all for not giving up, for continuing to move forward, for making these drafts happen for all of you podcasters. I am so proud of you for pushing forward and getting another show done. How awesome is this? We're, we're creating something and we're immediately putting it out there in terms of, in terms of sound. And when it comes to, when it comes to our writing, we have so much more control over our stuff than we ever have. So like there, this is an amazing time. There are so many different options that are presented to us and let's embrace them all. Let's go out there and let's conquer together. All right. I don't want to hear any sort of like competition trying to pull someone else down so that way it will push us back up and everything. It's, it's, it doesn't work. We all got to root for each other. We all have to push each other. We all have to motivate each other. And I'm going to talk about that more in tomorrow's episode. So until then, this is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward, and I will see you tomorrow. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Excelsior Journeys. I hope it was both inspiring and entertaining. Special thanks to Zach Comtois for providing new music for the intro and outro. Please take a moment to leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends and subscribe to your platform of choice by going to he'sgotit.com slash podcasts. While there, you can also fill out the application to be a guest, inquire about sponsorship opportunities, and click on the Buy Me a Coffee link if you wish to give your support to the show. All interaction is very much appreciated. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion for the show, please direct it to george at he'sgotit.com. 